so much for your word. Speak to us. Minister to us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, one of the uh, difficulties we have with receiving from God is, is whether or not uh, what we're asking from God is God's will. Oh, you've struggled through it, and I have as well. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> All of us have struggled with that. How many struggle with that? Well, I want God to do this for me, but I'm not sure if it's God's will. We've all been there. But as we grow in Christ, we begin to learn more things about this God and what he really wants. Now, let me let you know this. God wants you happy. God's will for you is to be joyful in life. Anything that will bring joy into your life, he is for. And anything that will take joy away from you, he is against. If that little bicycle for your child will bring joy into your heart and make you happy in your family life because of God in your life and God with your family, he'll give it to you. If you ask it. Now, if you're asking it to make somebody else feel bad because you have some kind of bitterness and struggle or you're competing, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to get in your game. But if you are asking for your comfort, the comfort of your family, for you to be doing well and feel good about life and God, he wants you to have it. Guess what? He gave his son so that you can have it. The Bible tells us in Romans, he says, God who did not hold back his son, but delivered him freely for us, how shall he not with him or through him freely give us all things? The greatest gift God can give, he's already given. That's his son. There's nothing bigger. But you can ask anything from him. If you understand the word of God, you can ask anything from him. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. He's your father. He wants you blessed. If it will make you feel good and you can trust him for it, he'll give it to you. I'm amazed that even, like I said last Sunday, that in the Old Testament, God was giving things to people and he didn't like it. The children of Israel, we said they wanted a king. God didn't want it. He, he was their king, but they demanded it. They were his people. He said, okay, you can have a king then. And he gave them Saul. So you can get something from God if you are a child. He may not like you having it because he knows what he's going to do, what he's going to do to your life. But the question of is whether it's God's will, that's totally out. And if you know his word, and his word is good, and your desire lines up with his word, then he gives you everything that you need. John 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. If you abide in me, if you are a Christian, you know you are born again, you are part of the family of God, that you are abiding in him. 
That says you are comfortable in God. You are pursuing after God. Many of us are doing that. We're doing everything we know to please God. If you're doing that and trying to abide in him, the next thing is let his word abide in you. Notice it didn't say if you abide in me and and I abide in you. Is that what he said? His word abide in you. That's a little difference. His word abiding in you. Then you ask what you desire and you get it. So his word has to be in your heart, resting in your heart, the word of God in your heart. You believe it. You're not going to let it go. You know, you won't let what comes in the mail change what you think about what God said. If his word is comfortable in your life, all you need to do is ask what you desire. And Jesus, who cannot lie, says, you have it. He said, I assure you, you have it. You have what you ask for. So that's the principle of prayer, one of the principles of prayer. But then we need to understand that prayer cannot work without faith. But faith can work without prayer. Faith can work without prayer. Prayer cannot work without faith. So when you say prayer changes things, that's good. But prayer without faith is not going to change anything. Now, faith works by love. So if what you're doing, asking God by faith to hurt somebody else, Faith cannot work that way because faith works by love. And if it's competition so you can get ahead and and take advantage of people, you're not going to get it because you are not walking in love. Something is not right inside. But if all you're asking for is to meet your needs, right? As a child, God says, grant it. Granted. By the way, let me uh, digress a little bit and uh, give you a little commercial here. (laughs) (laughs) On Wednesday night, we have been trying to do this for maybe two Wednesday nights now. I'll be teaching on angels. (laughs) The ministry of angels. If you don't usually come to Wednesday night meetings, I need you here. You need to be here. Because just because you know of angels doesn't mean they work for you. You need to know what they do and how to get them to work for you. When I wrote that confession in our prayer, I wasn't just writing something. I knew what I was doing. You need the ministering spirits that have been sent to go out and do business for you. Amen. While you sleep, they're working. Amen. Uh, That's a little commercial. Let me go back to my message. (laughs) There is a principle of faith. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter whether you pray all night. It only matters if you know the principle of faith and how faith works. You see, God is a respecter of no one. No religion, no church, nothing. God is a respecter of faith. 
God in his being can never overlook faith. He, he just cannot do it. When there is faith, God will honor it right there. So we need to know how faith works. Faith is a spirit. That's why faith works with God. The true worshippers shall worship what? The Father in spirit and in truth. Faith is a spirit. It's a being. Faith does work. God is a God of faith. God created the whole world by faith. He spoke what was not there, but it was already in him. And he was the light. He was light. He spoke the light. And then he saw the light. There was no light. He spoke it, and then he saw it. He knew if he said it, it was going to come to pass. So he said it, and then it came to pass. That's the way faith works. God showed us this from Genesis. Just because you know it, just because you believe it, and just because you know you got light inside of you, you won't have light on the outside until what? You speak it. Until you speak it. That's the only way faith will work for you. He's got to come out of your mouth. In him was light. Right? God himself was light. And so the first thing he created was what? Light. And light is revelation. Amen. When you got revelation, it's inside of you. You now understand. You now got light. But you won't see light until you speak it. He said, God said, let there be light. And then God saw that the light was good. There was light and then God saw the light and that it was good. Until you speak it, it never works. Because the spirit that brings it into being works through faith. And we need to know how faith works. Amen. Thank you, Ted. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, and since we, say, say with me, we. That means you. And since we have the same spirit of faith. How many of you are doubtful they have the spirit of faith this morning? Let me see your hand. Oh, don't put your hand up. Who oh, no. You have the spirit of faith if you are a Christian. <laughs> you don't have any doubt. Amen. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith. Like they had. Like Abraham had, like Joseph had. Those guys had the same. We are having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that was in Peter. The same spirit of faith that was in Paul. That's what we have. But how does it work? That's what the Bible is telling us here. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed... And therefore, I spoke. I believed. Therefore, I spoke. I can tell what you believe in when I hear you talk a little bit. Amen. 
Once you start saying a few words, I can place you. Yeah, look at this unbelieving believer. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he says he's a believer, but look at what he's talking about. I know your heart, I know. We have the same spirit of faith, so we believe, therefore we what? These are not my words. These are the words of God. I didn't write this. I'm reading from scriptures. This is what God said. He says, we also believe, and therefore we... Oh, I love it. Amen. When you believe for it to work, you must speak. If you keep speaking fear, guess what you believe? Fear. Fear. If you keep speaking failure, guess what you believe? We're coming to that. Amen. Because it's so important. This is a principle. You know, I use the word principle a lot. The reason I use that is because these are mysteries in the Word of God that God has to reveal to you. And once your eyes are open to the mysteries, that's what Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... Oh, yes, you can never be held down. Never. Once you... This mystery is unveiled to you. Jesus said to them, is written in parable in mystery but to you thank god he says god has given you ears that can hear so they can hear and then you have eyes that can see so that you can see and understand the mysteries because once you know the mystery according to the words of jesus nothing can hold you down but until the mystery is revealed to you you stay down that's the light that's the light. You know, I'm working on a book. I guess first time I'm talking about it. The first thing God revealed, the first thing God created is what? Light. Without light, nothing else comes. After light, then the rest of creation. Once you receive light from God, oh, abundance coming into your life. The rest of it is coming. Day after day, something is being added into your life because of light. Amen? Look at Romans chapter 10. It says, but what does it say? This is talking about how to know God. I mean, how can you know God that you can see? How can you know God in your heart without seeing him and really know that you know God? How can you be sure if I ask this, God will do it? And it's amazing thing, as you study and as you practice and as you go on it, you begin to find out that God is true and God works. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you. To know God is to know the word. The word is near you. If you abide in me, and what? And my words abide in you. It's the word. If you have the word, and it's in you, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. How many places in your being? Your mouth and your heart. One of them is going to do the believing. 
Amen. One of them. The word is where? In your mouth and where? In your heart. They're in two places. But they don't do the same thing. But you need both of them for faith to work. Otherwise, why would God tell us the word is in your mouth? Open your mouth. Let me see the word in your mouth. <laughs> You're weird with the word in your mouth. Unless you speak, I won't know what word is in your mouth, right? But he tells us, the word is in where? Your mouth. And where? In your heart. So we know what part of our being is going to be doing the believing. And the part of our being that is going to be doing what? The speaking. But look, the word is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. So it's not just any other word. What can bring transformation into your life is the word of faith. Not the word of men or the opinions of men, but the word of faith. It says that if you confess with pastor's mouth, is that what it says? If you confess with your mouth. And many times when we talk about confession, guess what people are thinking? Pastor, can I confess my sin? Please go away. I don't want you confessing your sin to me. Because that's all people think about. But God has more to say about confession than confession of sin. He tells you what to confess. Why don't you just listen to him? What makes you think you're so smart that you go away from what he said? Listen to what he tells you to confess. That if you confess with what? Pastor's mouth? No, your mouth. The what? The Lord Jesus. He tells you what to confess. Why is he telling you to confess the Lord Jesus? Why? Why is that important? The reason why that is important, you can look at Matthew chapter 10, I believe verse 32. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven and before the angels. Simple as that. It's so important. Many Christians are secret Christians. They call it, my religion is personal. You die personal too. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like personal Christianity. It's nothing that's stupid. You got to let it go out. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. So if you call yourself a Christian and you are not able to tell anyone about Jesus, your name is not known in heaven. They don't know you. You are a stranger. You remember how Jesus said, go to the streets and bring them in, all of them. And then one man came in there and he wasn't wearing the garment. And they said, how did you get in here? He says, bind him and throw him out. Because everyone has to go through this way. You confess with your mouth who? Jesus. Tell somebody. When you open your mouth and you tell somebody that Jesus is my Lord, guess what happens in heaven? He says, that's my son. 
That's my daughter, angels. Go there now and surround him. And then he puts upon your life what I call touch not. Touch not. That's mine. If you touch that, I'll slap you real good. I'm telling you, that, that's mine. Yeah. Amen. Once you call on his name on the earth and you confess him and say, Jesus is my Lord, that's what it tells. Let's finish this, okay? I'm running ahead of myself. He's not good to be too excited. <laughs> if you confess with what? Your mouth. Your mouth. As simple. Why do you want to make it so complicated? As simple, right? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, those are the two places, that God has raised him from the dead. And I said, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Right? Why don't you confess him and become a Christian? <laughs> it's all simple. Do you have to cry about it? Can you confess your sins? Do you remember them? If, uh, if you got to confess your sins... <laughs> For me, we'll be here till next year, I'm telling you. <laughs> Which one do you remember to confess? But it tells you to confess what? The Lord Jesus. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What that means is, in heaven, your name will be written on the book of life. And God says, that's mine. And then it tells you why. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness with your heart that's the believing place when you believe in jesus that he died for your sins god says in heaven that's a righteous man if god calls you a righteous man who can say you are unrighteous if god calls that cup holy play they would play with that cup and see what's going to happen a king in uh Persia did that you know drinking with holy cup <laughs> And God wrote on the wall, this, you have been weighed in the, in the balance and you found wanting. And that was it for the king. Because he was drinking out of a cup that God called holy. When you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, God says you are righteous. Amen. He, he does, he's not asking for your opinion, okay? Or how you feel. He's saying this is what happens. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's where you get your freedom. So there is a strong relationship, a strong spiritual relationship between your mouth and your heart. They go together. They go together. They work together. Let me share four things with you <coughs> that are so important. According to the scripture we just read. First, the word of God in the heart generates faith. That's why it says, if, my word, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't have the word of God, you can't conjure up faith. It's not there. Faith equals the word. The more of God's word you have in you, in your heart, the more of faith is generated. Faith 
the word is the carrier of faith. He's the spirit in the word. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit is the spirit of faith. When the word of God goes into your heart and there is no argument against the word of God in your heart, it begins to grow, to bear fruit, which is faith. Amen? That's the soil for the word of God. Once it gets into your heart and you welcome it and say, tell me more. And the more seeds you place in that heart, if you place the seed of prosperity, the seed of healing, the seed of knowing God, dedication to God as you share the word of God and you begin to store them there, they just begin to grow. And guess what it produces? After his kind. Faith after his kind. For your needs to be met. For your healing to be given to you. All of it in your heart. The word is what produces faith. That's why he said, it's the word of faith that we are preaching is in your mouth and in your heart. Second thing is, faith must be in two places for it to work. Your mouth will not work without your heart. And your heart will not work without your mouth. Faith has to be in two places for it to work. So important. That's why you have Christians who are saying, they tell them, you know, just confess this. But they really don't believe it, you know. But they just think that, well, if I repeat what the, past, the preacher said to repeat, it will be okay with me. That's vain repetition. You heard the word before? That's vain repetition. It's not in your heart. And so God doesn't receive it and God doesn't respond. That's not faith. It's got to be in these two places. But if you believe it in your heart and you are saying nothing, it's still not going to work. It's not coming out. So why should it work? Faith is the arm with which you take things from the spirit world and bring it into the natural world. If it doesn't come out of your mouth, you don't have anything. So it got to be in those two places. Your heart and your mouth. Thirdly, faith in your heart must be in harmony. I believe it's the fourth one, right? Third one. Okay, faith in your heart will not work without faith in your mouth. So we need both places for it to work. I'm going to go to the fourth one. That's the mouth and the heart must be in harmony for faith to work. You cannot be saying something with your mouth and your heart disagrees with it. If you are not in harmony... It will not work. I'll tell you why it will not work. Because what happens is when you begin to speak with your mouth what you really don't believe, guess what's going to happen? Deception. You're going to be deceived. You will think you really believe it, but it's not, it's not in there. Your heart is deceived. Let me give you a scripture to that effect. James chapter 1 verse 26. Do we have that scripture? It says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. 
your religion is supposed to profit you. If you don't guide what you say with your mouth, before long, what, if you're not saying what God says, your heart is going to be deceived. That's what he's saying here. If anyone among you think he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. So your heart is deceived because what's coming out of your mouth, it doesn't agree with what's in your heart. So your heart is deceived to think you're doing what's right and there is no result. Your religion is in vain. So the thing is to make sure that what is coming out of your mouth has been sown in your heart by the word of faith. And so when it comes out of your mouth, you're speaking what God says. I can't go into that this morning, but I'm telling you, your mouth is a ready pain. I will give you the scripture. The pain, your mouth is a pain with which to write in your heart the word of God. As you hear the word and you begin to speak it, it won't be overnight. That's another message, but it begins to work in your heart. Let me close with this. Concerning the heart and the mouth. Matthew chapter 15, verse 17 and 18. This is Jesus speaking. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. But those things which proceed out of the mouth, where does it come from? From the heart. And they defile a man. It's what comes out from your mouth that renders you either hopeful or hopeless. Because it's coming from your heart. They were talking about food. Jesus said, no, no, no. A man's life, what's going to make or break you, is what you allow into your heart and you allow out of your mouth. If you are speaking words that are not wholesome, words that are not coming from the word of life, words that are not from faith, guess what you're doing? You're bringing death into your life. Jesus said, don't you understand it's what comes out of your mouth, coming from your heart, that destroys your life, defiles a man. So what you say is very important. Let it be from the word of God. Amen? Let it be from the word of God. Bow your heads with me this morning. I'm going to give an opportunity for those, uh, maybe this is the first time, you are beginning to understand what you need to do to have a relationship with Jesus. And this morning you're saying, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to make my confession to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need him in my life. And all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If that's you... And you're saying, Pastor, I need you to agree with me in prayer this morning. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, just like you've spoken this morning. Just raise your hand quickly and put it down. Put, raise your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, you guys just stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I don't want to embarrass you, but you need to make a confession for God. Stand up. Just stand up. Stand up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Is there any other person you want to make a full confession of faith before God? I tell you what, you go ahead and sit down. I'm going to do this for everybody so you know. Just like we did last Sunday, so important. Because some people, you know, for whatever reason, the enemy is at work, but God is greater. Amen? What I want you to do this morning for your own peace and for your own relationship with God, say this with me. Lord God, I believe with all of my heart. Please speak it with your mouth. We go back again. Lord God, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for my sins. And that he rose again. And that he is seated right now at the Father's right hand. I believe in him. Jesus, I make my confession. You are the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for writing my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me let you know this. If you said that and you meant it from your heart, I guarantee you right now, your name is written in the book of life. If you die today, there will be nothing against you when you get up there. The gates will be opened. And with joy, the Father will welcome you in. Why? Because you accepted what his son did when he sent him here to the world. Amen? What that means is you are a Christian. Amen? You are a Christian now. Say it with me. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Act like one. (laughs) Begin to live the life. Amen? Go out full of yourself in this way because you are a child of God. Amen? Because you are a child of God. I'm going to live out my, the life of God that is in me. How many was going to do that today with me? I've been doing that. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Pastor Angel and I will be here. Pastor Andy, Irina will be up here. If you need prayer, please come up. We want to pray with you. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word and for ministering to us. Open up, opening up our eyes so we can see and know the simplicity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. For your word said, anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. We are welcomed and you have received us. Go with your people. I pray your blessings upon your lives. Pour out your blessings and your peace upon their lives. Teach them, even in their sleep, Holy Spirit, and make them great people of God in the land. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.